Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour number three, the Saturday get-together. Right here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home and so much more than a house. It's home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better for you. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. All right, Super Game coming up now in... 22 hours in chain, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, we're talking about it right here on CBS Sports Radio, and we're going to get a Casey's pers- perspective coming up here next. Uh, he's got his weekday personality and then his weekend personality. On the weekend, GM, right here on CBS Sports Radio, the Harrison Experience. During the week, he toils uh, as the afternoon host on Casey's 610 Sports Radio. Carrington Harrison joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Carrington? Hey, Jody, how's it going, man? I'm happy you had me on today, man. I, I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I have certainly listened to you. I just haven't had the pleasure of talking to you yet. I take it you kept busy this week? I did. I actually thought of you a little bit because I went to Gulfstream's Park. Nice. In Florida for the horse racing. I actually watched it. This is a very weird story. I actually watched it with Marlins Man. So I was in his box, and it was funny because so he actually owns a horse. And I told him, I was like, hey, since we're here in your box, we should just bet on your horse. He's like, nah, nah, this horse is a stinker. Of course, the horse hit. So it would have paid. So if I had bet like $10 on the horse, I'd have won like $175 for it just coming in third place. That's how big of a long really? shot it was on the board. I know. That's how big of a long shot it was. I'm sitting there kicking myself the whole time because I didn't trust my own instincts. Paid 17-1 to in the show pool? Yeah, that's a long shot. He must have gone off at 40 or 50. It was. It was crazy. He's sitting there saying, man, we did good. The horse came in third place. And I literally, like, five minutes before the race, I'm like, I should put a couple of dollars down. He told me not to, and then look what happened. See, the problem is, as an owner, he gets a check. He actually does make some money. You get (laughs) squat-ta because you didn't put any money down at the windows, but... Uh, live, live and learn. G- glad to hear you out at uh, Gulfstream. Wish I was with you. I, I guess I was wish- with you tomorrow. I'm going to kind of be busy. Um, you're going to be in uh, Miami for the big game, and you've been there all week covering the team and the press availabilities and the like. I know Andy Reid from his days in Philly, and I'm rooting for the Chiefs tomorrow because of Andy Reid more than anything else. Good man, good coach, great coach, Hall of Fame coach, uh, and I'd like to see him get his championship. Uh, haven't been around Andy uh, the last couple of years, including last year's championship loss, com- as compared to this year's run to the Super Bowl. Have you seen any changes in Andy? Uh, I wouldn't say that I've seen any changes, but I do think that he's been very confident going into this game. I think this is Andy's best team. I think when you factor in the quarterback position, the offensive weapons, and how the defense has played the last six to eight weeks, I think there's a certain level of just calmness and confidence. To give you an example, so on Thursday, they ended the, the media availability. So it's done for the rest of the time until they actually play the game. Andy, at the end of the media availability, clapped and did like a little skip, kind of the celebration of that it's over. And you could tell that Andy went kind of from 
you know, talking about the Super Bowl to then the Wednesday and Thursday, kind of, all right, I'm ready to start talking about the game, what we need to do in this individual matchup. And you just spoke with a certain level of confidence. And I think over the last two weeks, I don't know if you heard this or not, but he went on with he went on with, with uh, Peter King from NBC Sports, and he did a podcast with him. And he just spoke in such a calm way, and I really think that Mahomes has rejuvenated him. That if you're the if you're the coach that Andy is when it comes to offense, and you get blessed with arguably the best quarterback or maybe the best player of his generation in the NFL, I think that gives you another gear. I think that gives you another five to ten years. And I think Andy looks at this like this could be the start of a run that I might have missed out on a couple Super Bowls in the very beginning of my career, but I got a chance to get a couple here on the back end with, with, with Patrick Mahomes. And gets a second chance with KC, understood. Um, does his calm, cool demeanor pass well to uh, his superstar young quarterback? Because Andy has been in the league for a long time and even been to a Super Bowl, which you can't say about Pat Mahomes. He looks like a pretty calm, cool, and collected character to begin with, but this is a new level of pressure. How much has Reed's behavior helped out your young quarterback? Patrick Mahomes is unlike anything that I've ever seen before. So he has played in four postseason games in his career. He has 13 touchdowns, has not turned the ball over in any of his playoff games. I was talking to Warren Moon on Radio Row, and we were just kind of talking about how at this level and at this stage, it's not really designed for young players to play well at this level or certainly at the height of what Patrick Mahomes is doing. You typically got to hit your head a little bit, and then you kind of break through. Think about it. Brady threw for less than 200 yards in his first Super Bowl. Roethlisberger threw for less than 150. Jared Goff struggled last year. The typically young quarterbacks struggle at this point. I don't think in Kansas City there's really any concern about Mahomes not playing well tomorrow against San Francisco. Understood. Uh, he is uh, taking it to new levels quicker than maybe any quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Um, he, I think he'll have his day. He's going up against a very good defense, and they're going to pressure him, and he's going to have to make plays out of the pocket, which between you and I, I think he prefers, uh, but he can make them from all over the field, which means the attention needs to be on the Kansas City defense. We watched what San Francisco did to Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, and it was one of the most dominating offensive run potential games I've ever seen, and I've been watching in the league for over 40 years now. Where is the stoutness going to come from in that Kansas City defense? Who has stepped up this week and said, all right, we know they're going to run it. I'm up for the challenge because that's what I do best. That's a good question. No one has said that specifically this week. That certainly was the mantra two weeks ago against Tennessee. Frank Clark, he plays defensive line for the Chiefs. He kind of was that person of we're going to stop Derrick Henry. There hasn't been too much of that, but maybe to answer the question in kind of a game breakdown standpoint, the defensive line for the Chiefs did a really, really good job against Derrick Henry, and they kind of set the tone. There was a stretch in the game, and I don't anticipate a lot of people to know this name, but there's a defensive lineman for the Chiefs. His name is Mike Pinnell. They added him in the middle part of the season, and he's kind of one of the reasons why the defense turned over. Tennessee had a second and one. They ran the football at Mike Pinnell. It didn't work. They then had a third and one. They ran the exact same play. It didn't work. The Chiefs stopped him, and I think at that point, it was kind of a, a symbol to Tennessee. The first time those two teams played, Henry ran for 188 yards, that they weren't going to be able to run the ball the same way that they did the second time. And I think that was kind of one of those like statement points throughout the course of the game. I think for the Chiefs, this defensive line has to play even better than they did last week. I think that Tennessee kind of got away from the run a little bit too early. 
in the AFC Championship game. Henry only had three carries in the second half of the game, yeah. and that game was close all the, the entire third quarter. I know that the final score was a blowout, but Kansas City didn't do that until the fourth quarter. So going into the fourth, it, 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 it was 21-17 to 17 Kansas City. So Tennessee just kind of abandoned the run a little bit. This is a scenario in which this Chiefs defensive line has to play well because it's not that San Francisco's run defenses or run offense is good. Their run offense is elite. They were the best running team in the NFL. If you if you take out Baltimore, I think we can identify that Baltimore's rush offense is just it, it is just very unique because of their quarterback. We're talking to uh, Carrington Harrison from six ten uh, Sports Radio in Kansas City and Sunday nights. Often here on CBS Sports Radio, not this week because he's going to be kind of busy wrapping up his Super Bowl work down here in Miami Miami for his Kansas City station. So you get him next Sunday here on CBS. Um, As I said, I knew uh, Andy when he was in Kansas City. I hosted the Eagles pregame show on their radio network for four straight championship uh, game appearances, including the one year they made the Super Bowl and got to go down to Jacksonville when they got beat by the Patriots. So I know Andy well. And I know the critique he took while he was the coach in Philadelphia. He did nothing but turn the organization around and give the Eagles winning seasons year after year after year. Didn't deliver the big one. Couldn't get over the hump, which he may be able to do tomorrow. But Andy had mostly fans, but there were some detractors. And one of the knocks on Andy was in pressurized positions, game management. That if things went well, then Andy could call a great game and his overall scheme on offense has been dynamite with several different quarterbacks and several different locales. But pressurized game management, if Andy thinks along those lines, if the Chiefs think along those lines, one way to take that out of play is throw it effectively, throw it well early, put a 21 spot on the board before San Francisco can even uh, blink. Uh, are they? Is that in the bag of tricks that they will not only look to play their game, but if given the chance, really stick a dagger in the heart of San Francisco's throat early because then that could lessen their devotion to the run? It's funny because hearing you kind of talk about some of the complaints about Andy Reid and hearing the similarities in which people kind of complain in the middle part of the season. So if you remember the middle part of the season, the Chiefs were bat- they battled a lot of injuries. They had about a worst of an October that you could possibly have. They lost every game in the month of October aside from the Broncos game, and the Broncos game was the game that Patrick Mahomes got hurt. So it was just a really bad month, and I remember saying a lot of times on the show, because a lot of people were making the same complaint that you were making about the running game, and I'm like, I think Andy wants to run, and they just can't run the ball. But I think what's changed for Kansas City now over the last four weeks is Mahomes is as healthy as he's been at any point this season, and he's been their best rushing option. So I think what really changes in terms of a pressurized situation, I agree with you. I do think that's a little bit of a concern with Kansas City. But I mean, every team kind of has their weaknesses, where this isn't a team where if you need to get the tough yards on third and five, they're not a team that can run the football effectively or third and three. But I think we, I, we've both watched enough NFL games to know the NFL games are largely decided by who can throw the ball on third and five, third and six, third and eight to convert. And I just trust Kansas City's ability to do that. So I'm with you in late-game situations, and can you run out the clock and do those things? But I think their quarterback is so good that he just overcomes a lot of their deficiencies as a team. Were you surprised, and it's not official yet, but I did read an article today that said it's unlikely that LaShawn McCoy will be active for tomorrow's game. That's another knock on Andy was when he was in Philadelphia. Every once in a while, he would lean too much on his favorites. Well, I know Shady's one of his favorites, and he picked him up off the scrap heap, and he gave him some good games. But it's been a month since he's done anything. 
I speculated last week that he was not going to be active for this game. It looks like it's not. Did that surprise you if the report is accurate? No, not at all. Kind of what you were saying. I think if you really follow this team, and I get, you know, people don't follow the day-to-day roster moves of the Kansas City Chiefs, but there were two situations this year in which I think LaShawn McCoy lost favor with the Chiefs. There was a game against the Colts where uh, Mahomes didn't play very well. They didn't really play very well as a team, but they had one key drive, and LaShawn McCoy had a pretty critical fumble that I'm not going to say they lost the game on that fumble because they only scored 12 points, but it, I mean, it, if he holds onto the ball, I think they win the game. They also then later in the season played Green Bay, and Mahomes was out in that game, and it was the same situation. They were driving, LaShawn McCoy fumbled. Since that point, they have not used LaShawn McCoy at all, where it was kind of being spun to the local media that <clears throat> excuse me, that they were saving LaShawn McCoy for second half, and they were doing load management like he was Kawhi Leonard. But then it became a situation where, all right, you know, why is he not playing against the Patriots? Is this a situation in which you would use him? And then he wasn't active for the playoff game against Houston. I think at that point, Chiefs fans have just kind of moved on. That Damian Williams, he's this team's number one running back. He's going to get 15 to 18 touches throughout the course of the game. I do not expect LaShawn McCoy to be active. Do you think Damian Williams uh, earns the respect? I think he has earned it to this, to this point, and as you're right, uh, been as big a reason why uh, Shady McCoy is not going to be active tomorrow. Does he pay more dividends again tomorrow? Is this the kind of defense he can make plays against? I don't think he runs the ball very effectively tomorrow. I mean, they didn't run the ball very well against Houston or Tennessee. I just don't think this is a team that can run the ball at a high level. But I actually do think that Damian Williams is going to have an impact on this game in the passing game. I think he's going to be a little bit like how James White was in the game of the uh, Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think that Damian Williams is going to have like six to eight catches. I kind of gave one of my bold predictions throughout the week locally is that he's going to lead the team in catches. I think because of San Francisco's defensive line, I could see them doing a lot of underneath dink and dunk kind of shovel passes type things to kind of neutralize their defensive line. I think Damian Williams is going to have a big day in the passing game. I think he's going to have an okay day, too. Not as big as you, because I'll take Kelsey as the guy who gets the most catches. But Williams could very well be second. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. I right, uh, This last question will tell us something about your thoughts on the game and also you in general. Will we be talking about an official's call after tomorrow's game? That is a really good question. I will say yes, because I think these two teams are even and close where I think in those scenarios, you see a lot of Mike Pereira. So I'll go yes. I do think that kind of like how in college basketball, you just have to factor in that the last two minutes are going to review seven things and it's going to take 11 minutes to move through 90 seconds of college basketball. I do think now in major football games that are close, there's going to be one pass interference. There's going to be one catch controversy. There's going to be one is he down when it comes to a fumble. So, yeah, I'll go with yes. I hope you are wrong. I fear that you are right because I want to see this one cleanly played. I think we got two damn evenly matched teams and it could be a heck of an exciting football game. And I hope, hope that we are not talking about the officials come Monday. Uh, Carrington, have a uh, great time tomorrow. Uh, We'll get you back here uh, next Sunday. I know you're off tomorrow. We are on CBS, uh, but looking forward to hearing you next Sunday. Thanks, bud. Enjoy yourself. Hey, Jody, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks a lot. Carrington Harrison, afternoon host on 610 uh, Sports Radio in Kansas City and the Harrison Experience, usually on Sunday nights here on CBS Sports Radio. Not this Sunday because he's kind of got Super Bowl duties for his uh, regular Monday through Friday gig in KC. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.